every step we take is a cause and there's going to be an effect every decision you make is a cause and there's going to be an effect every word you utter is a cause and there's going to be an effect if somebody takes a knife and cuts his arm it is a cause and the effect is that blood is going to come out and you're going to have a wound hallelujah if you stand on the third floor of D block and you decide to jump, it is a cause and the effect. After the effects, there could be many. You could land on the ground and your tibia and fibula will advise themselves in two different directions. And you have what we call a fracture. Or if it, you, you, you land upside down, it is your head that is going to go down and your neck is going to break and you die instantaneously. Or if you are lucky, you become paralyzed. <laughs> So, for every cause, there is an effect. Everything you do is a cause, and there is going to be an effect. And if you have that mentality, you are going to walk carefully in life, you are going to talk carefully in life, you are going to be careful in taking decisions in life. Hallelujah. Every minute, every second, you are fulfilling scripture. Tell somebody you are fulfilling scripture. You are being here, you are fulfilling scripture. Tell another person you are fulfilling scripture. But the question is, which scripture are you fulfilling? Anything you do, everything you take, every decision you make, anything. Even if you are reading, you are fulfilling scripture. Hallelujah. As I'm standing here, I'm fulfilling scripture. But the question is, which scripture are you fulfilling? What it means is that we must live life circumspectly. We mustn't do things haphazardly because there are effects of the things that we do. Give me Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Very short verse, but very powerful. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. And I'm talking about cause and effects because it is Father's Day. And a lot of you, what you have today is a result of decisions your fathers do. Hallelujah. Some of you, the school you are in right now, your father who decided, you didn't decide that you wanted to come to medical school. Your father decided that you, you, you know, your nose looks like a doctor's nose. So go to medical school. And as we are all fathers one way or the other, mothers one way or the other, our decisions are very important. The steps that we take are very, very important. So the Bible says, see then that ye walk circumspectly. Everybody say circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Walk circumspectly. Being circumspect, if you, if you read the, 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 the dictionary, the, the definition for circumspect is not taking unnecessary risks. That's how people live risky lives. They live careless lives. If the Bible is telling us to walk circumspectly, what it means is that you can't live spontaneously. You can't be spontaneous in life. Oh, I take life as it comes. You can't be spontaneous. Everything has to be with planning. Everything has to be guided by serious decision making. Hallelujah. Walk circumspectly. Don't take unnecessary risks. If you read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. Proverbs 3, 19. Proverbs 3, 19. It says, the Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. 
Now know that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And in this scripture, I see two secret codes in God creating heaven and earth. He says what? By wisdom, he founded the earth. And by understanding, he had established the heavens. Hallelujah. That means the secret code God used to form the heavens and the earth. Two things. Wisdom and understanding. And if you can grasp these two codes and understand them and walk in them, you control the earth. Hallelujah. Those that are controlling the earth are those that are walking in wisdom and those that are walking in understanding. Understanding is about understanding the principles on which the earth was founded. Amen. Those who understand these principles, even the physical principles, they are the ones controlling the earth. They are the ones who have made all the nuclear bombs. They are the ones who have made all the rockets, all the inventions, and they are controlling the earth. It's because they've broken that code of understanding. They, they have an understanding of how the earth was made. They have an understanding of the principles that guide, guide the earth. They have the physical principles, but we need to understand the spiritual principles in this world. Amen. And because the spiritual can always be superimposed on the physical, once we grasp the code of understanding the spiritual principles of this earth, we as believers are supposed to control the earth. Amen. So you don't just walk, you must walk in wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. And you must walk in understanding. Amen. There are times where there is a conflict between wisdom and faith. Most of the time people find themselves in that kind of situation. Do I use wisdom or I use faith? Those two are, both of them are things God gave us. There are times God expects us to use wisdom, there are times He expects us to use faith. Amen. And that is where maturity comes in, to know which tool to use for which job. If you go and attempt to use a kitchen knife to fell a tree, you are going to run into trouble. Amen. If you attempt to use a kitchen fork to weed your backyard, you are going to have problems. Amen. It takes wisdom, it takes understanding to know which tool to use for which particular situation. If you are standing on top of um, D block, the third block, D block, and you are supposed to enter a car downstairs, and you decide that I'm going to use the tool of faith, I'm spirit-filled, I can speak in tongues. So you stand there and you speak in tongues for 30 minutes, and you decide to jump from the third floor to enter the car. And you land the wrong way and you end up at the accident center instead of in your car. Maybe you end up in your car, but it will drive to the accident center and not where you intended to go to. You can't stand there and say the faith has failed or God has failed you. This is a situation where wisdom tells you that there are stairs, walk down, and you enter your car. But you decided to use faith. So maturity comes with knowing which tool to use for which particular situation. I pray that God will bring you to that place of maturity. Because there are a lot of people who are disappointed in God simply because they fail to use the right tool for the right job. They use the right tool for the wrong job. So we must walk in wisdom and we must walk in understanding. Hallelujah. Now, one of these principles, these spiritual principles, is the principle of reaping and sowing, or sowing and reaping. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Can we have Galatians chapter 6, verse 7? Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. 
He said, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I'll take it again. He said, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he also reap. That shall he also reap. Hallelujah. This is one of those spiritual principles that nobody can circumvent. Whatever you sow, you will reap that thing. And when I'm talking about money, I'm not, I'm not, somebody thinks I'm coming to talk about money. I'm not coming to talk about money. Hallelujah. It's too early for the church to be talking about money. Now it's too run away. Amen. Whatever a man sows, the same shall he reap. It is a spiritual principle. You can't, you can't circumvent it. And there are so many examples of people sowing things and reaping in the Bible. A typical example is Jacob. Jacob thought he was the top 419 person here on earth. I mean, a deceiver. In fact, his name even means a supplanter. So his name was having an effect on him. Amen. When you have children, give them good names. Amen. Names that will impact on them positively. In the Bible, somebody said, My husband is a fool because his name Nabal means a fool. This is a typical example of a name having an effect on a child. And you must know who you name the child after. Because those ones who can follow. You can pick the person's character, pick the person's, if it's correct distance, may I name my son Eastwood. Because I want him to get correct impartations. <laughs> Hallelujah. And his mother named him Jason, which means a healer. So give good names. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, whatever a man shall sow, the same shall he reap. When you sow, you reap. Jacob means a, a supplanter. Somebody who just takes people's place and all of that. That's what he was used to doing. He met his brother one day. He read through the lines, realized that no, this man is hungry to the point of death. What can I get from this particular situation? The brother asked him for the food. He said, okay, give me your bed right. And he said, that is why you must be circumspect. You don't take hasty decisions. He said, oh, out of this one, have it. You can have my bed right. He thought he was just talking. Esau didn't have the right to be angry when Jacob received him and collected the blessing because spiritually he had handed over his death right unto him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just because of a split second decision that he made, he wasn't circumspect enough. He didn't think into the future. He just lived in the moment and acted spontaneously. So Jacob had the characteristics of a supplanter. He and his mother Conan, they killed a sheep, used the fair, and deceived Isaac to give the blessing unto Jacob instead of Esau. He didn't know he had planted something. He thought he was the master of disguise. He didn't know he had planted something, but you see, when you plant, you reap it. Amen. So later, when he had spotted Rachel, he said, ah, this is the woman I like. They said, okay, let's sign a contract. Seven-year contract. Come and work for seven years and you take your bride away. Seven years of hard labor in your father-in-law's house. You see, being in your in-law's house for seven years itself is like prison. You can't be free. There are some assault things. You are very shy, you can't feel free. Every time, oh, 
watching to see if your mother-in-law is watching you and this and then if you are eating your hands are shaking seven years of that plus hard labor he finished and said ah now Charlie, give me my bride and let me go you, you use me i've made you rich let me go now but he planted something some years back and he was going to read it he thought he was the master of this guy Jethro said, if you think you are 419, I'm 519. I'm a, 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 a bit higher than you. So just like how he and his mother disguised him and he went and collected the blessing, they disguised Leah and he married Leah instead of Rachel. And he had to do another seven years a day. He had sold something and he was reaping it. Later, when the, the sons, when, when the farming had come, no, when, when, when the sons had gone into uh, the wilderness to take care of the sheep and all of that, we all know Joseph was his favorite. He knew he was the one who was going to carry the mantle, so Joseph was on his heart. And his brothers hated him. Joseph's brothers hated him. They wanted to get rid of him. So they just killed a sheep or a lamb, put the blood in the what you call it of his coat of many colors, they went and showed it to the father. That the wild animal has eaten your son. I believe with that he was still reaping what he had sown, the deceit, using sheep, livestock. So these are spiritual principles you can't circumvent. Whatever you are sowing now, you are going to reap it. Whatever you are sowing now, you are going to reap it. Now, there are certain principles associated with reaping and sowing. Aside the fact that when you sow, you reap. It is important to note that there is always a gap between sowing and reaping. There is always a gap. When you sow something, you will not reap it immediately. You will never reap it the same day. So one, you sow what you, you reap what you sow. Two, note that there is a gap between sowing and reaping. And you see, the flesh always takes advantage of this gap and causes you to take hasty decisions and to sow rather in the flesh. And that is the plight of those who live in the moment. You won't see the effects immediately. So you are doing the thing. But the principle still remains. Once you are sown, you are going to reap it. Hallelujah. So let's note the gap. There are certain seeds when you sow, after three months, you will see the effects. There are certain seeds, after 12 months, you see the effect. If you sow a mango seed, it may take about five or six years before you start seeing the fruits of the mango. So there are things you are doing now. Seeds you are sowing now, they will sprout, they will germinate, and they will bear fruits at the wrong time. There are seeds you are sowing in your life right now, which will begin to bear fruits later in life when you are married. There are seeds you are sowing now, which will begin to bear fruit when your ministry has reached a certain height. And the truth is that that is what the devil likes. But today, any bad seed you have sown, you are going to approve it in the name of Jesus. That's what the devil likes. He likes to be there like a time bomb. At the wrong time, he just comes. Come. For me, one of the most, the, one of the scariest portions of scripture is Luke chapter 8 verse 17. So let's read Luke chapter 8 verse 17. It's one of the scariest portions of scripture. Luke 8, 17. 
He said, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. This is very scary. Anything you are doing in secret, take note. And you see, these are Jesus' words. It was your Bible to be printed in red. Those red things, don't take them for You can decide that, oh, Paul is a human being like me, so I can joke with Paul's words. But Jesus' words, don't joke with them. There is nothing hidden under the sun. If you don't want it to come out, then take it out of its hidden place in the soil. That's it that you are soon uprooted. And let it end there. Hallelujah. Because the Bible is saying it will come to light one day. It will come to light. And that's what the devil, he waits for when the opportune time, or the time is, is most appropriate for him to bring out the things that you. You've heard of politicians and things like that. Nobody heard about their bad deeds until they decided to run for office. And then suddenly, text messages they had sent to somebody. On wholesome video chats they had with somebody, somebody just decides to bring it up. And they had been released when nobody knew, it wouldn't have been big news. But the devil waited to reach the height. So that when you fall, it's a mighty fall. But I pray that God will help you to be circumspect. And that you not misbehave with your life and do things that you regret later. Oh, anything you put onto the net is there forever. That is it. It's as simple as that. It is there forever. Can you enter the internet and go and pick it out? It's not possible. Once it goes, it's gone. Every text message you send is gone. Every WhatsApp message you send is gone. Every WhatsApp picture you send is gone. Every WhatsApp video you send is gone. It's in the net. Anybody who has the know-how can access it. I was talking to a pastor friend. They were suspecting that one of the pastors in the church was sleeping with a particular lady. So they wanted to get to and there are people in Ghana here with serious IT skills. They managed to get somebody to tap into his WhatsApp messages and he was able to bring screenshots of his messages with the girl the way he was sending new pictures of himself to the girl and the girl was also sending new pictures of herself to him. So the pastor decided to call a meeting of the pastors of the church and the elders because he was accusing them and were trying to make him look like he was just painting them black. They said, okay, let's come to the meeting. Evidence they talk so they sat down, brought the projector. He said, I'm giving you a last chance. You are trying to make me look like a liar in front of the people. So then I have evidence. They said, oh, no, 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 nothing. There's nothing going on. So they just projected one screen. They didn't show the new ones yet. But some very steam talk they had had. And you could see the latest picture there as a DB. But like, who is that? They was like, hey, how did you get access to this? You said that the man of God was lying. So there are people who can access the things that you are doing. They can access your, 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 the hidden things in your phones, the messages. There are people with such skills. It's very easy. When you talk to people, it's, it's easy. It's as easy as it is. So don't think anything you are doing is a secret. I pray that you sow good seeds so that you reap good seeds. So take note, there is always a gap between sowing and reaping. In the same way, too, when you sow good things, don't expect the results immediately. There are good things you are doing now, you will see the effects later in life. There are some prayers you are praying now, you will see the effect later in life. You think, oh, nothing is happening. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm not seeing results. One day you will see the results. Hallelujah. Amen. So keep doing the good things. 
keep doing the good things. So take note, there is a gap. One, whatever you sow, you will reap. If you put corn in the ground, you will reap corn. If you put mango in the ground, you reap mango. If it is a cassava you put in the ground, you reap cassava. So that principle is there. What you sow, you reap. Two, there is always a gap between sowing and reaping. And then three, a small seed can produce a great tree. How many of you have seen the mustard seed before? It is very tiny. It's Sometimes if you put it in your, in your palm, depending on your complexion, it may even be difficult to see it. That's the master seed. But if you see the master plant, the tree, how big, how strong it is, you wonder how this small seed could produce such a big tree. And that is how reaping, sowing and reaping is. You may think, oh, it is something small that I'm doing. But it will magnify, it will grow, it will amplify, and by the time you are reaping, you'll be shocked at the magnitude of what you are reaping. So small seeds can produce mighty trees. In the same way, a small seed you are, you are, you are sowing, something that seems very simple, something that seems very insignificant now, but the fruits that you are going to reap will be big. Hallelujah. When it comes to giving in church, for example, I tell people, God doesn't measure how much you are giving by how much you put in the bowl. He measures how much you are giving by how much is left after you are giving. Amen. How did I arrive at that principle? One day, they were in church. They were giving offering. And Jesus decided to stand by the offering bowl to look at what everybody is putting in. So if I decide to stand by the offering bowl, I'm just doing what Jesus did. Hallelujah. It's not pressure. <laughs> He decided to look at what everybody was putting in. People were putting big bundles, people were putting, I'm sure they were writing checks and things like that. But also the old woman, this woman, widow, he just put her mites in there. And Jesus said, this woman has given more than anybody. Why? Because this was her last. The biggest offering you can give is to give your last, even if it's one person. Hallelujah. If it is one person and it comes from your heart, that is the biggest offering you can ever give. So if you have 10 million and you give 1 million and you can give 10 million and you give 1 million, oh, to men, you may have given big, but to God, what is left is too big. Hallelujah. So God measures what you have given or the magnitude of what you have given by what is left. That's why somebody said, I will not give God what doesn't cost me anything. That is why this is our one city mentality when we come to church. You must say, most of the time when you are driving or you are in a car and beggars are begging, and most of the time the one city you take, you give them. How many of you have, have given one city to a beggar? If you don't give one city, or you give the cities, it's the one city, the coins and the things. So if you can give more to God and you are giving that to Him, that means you are raising God at the same level as the beggar that is walking on the street. I pray that you repent in Jesus' name. Because you see, some of these things have become mentalities, especially in students. That when I'm going to church, I look for the red notes. It's a bit, and it's like you look inside you and you know you can do better. You can do better for God. But it's a mental thing. So no matter how small the seed is, the tree that can come out of it is very big. You see big ministries now, and they started little. Just a few people, a handful of people. Just like in some years now, will be will be thousands. Hallelujah! Thousands and thousands with many branches. Hallelujah! 
and many of you I see you pastors and lady pastors and anointed men of God who are shaking the world. Hey, this thing when I say they say amen. The early days of any ministry, they are they are dangerous. And today is Father's Day, so when I pronounce you must receive it. Hallelujah. I see pastors in the house. I see apostles in the house. I see people who are worldwide singers and worshippers and are moving the worship industry like the Don Moments and the Michael uh, Nathaniel Passes and the Tomatoes of today. I see apostles who are working the power of the Idaroses and the Benjamins and the Takiwa Mills. I see people with a special anointing to affect children and teenagers. That was something God told me two days ago. He said, This ministry, there's a special grace that is going to come upon it for children and teenagers. You see, where those teenagers run to the house of God like never before. Children with curses in their bloodlines, as they come to our children's service, those, those curses will be broken and their lives will be made meaningful in the name of Jesus. It may seem like a small seed, but it will germinate, it will grow, and it will become something big. So a small seed can become a mighty tree. The third thing you must note is that you reap in a different season from the season that you sowed. Hallelujah. In this world, we walk in times and seasons. Some writers say, in the world where there are seasons and times, there are seasons and times. You sow in one season and you reap in another season. You may be sowing now in a dry season, but you reap it in a time when it is raining all over you and the heavens are opened upon you. Point number five. We reap more than we sow. Nobody puts one grain of corn in the ground and harvests one grain. What is the use? Then keep that one. Probably divide it into two. <laughs> Nobody puts one grain of corn in the ground and reap one grain of corn. You put one grain of corn and it will produce many pots of corn. You can even get the whole basin full and go in. Take it to the miller and you get corn to prepare your bamboo. You can prepare bamboo from one, 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 one grain. It's not possible. Hallelujah. So you put what you put in the ground and what you sow. What you, what you, oh sorry, what you reap is more than what you sow. That's why you should be careful what you are sowing. If you are sowing dishonesty, be prepared. People will be dishonest to you. If you are sowing disloyalty, be prepared. People will be disloyal to you. Some people that think they are going to be ministry right now, they can't come because they know they themselves, they have done it before. If you sow this way, David sowed the seed of loyalty and he reaped it even bigger than he sowed. In spite of the fact that Saul was chasing him and Saul was after his life and whatever, David maintained that loyalty. He respected the anointing. He got a chance to finish the man who was looking for his life to end. But he said, I cannot touch the Lord's anointing. Even touching Saul's, Saul's garment, the Bible said his heart smote him. The man had a spirit of loyalty. No wonder his mighty men were loyal to him even to the point of death. These people could fight for him until their swords were transfixed to their hands. One time they were fighting, the man said, I want water to drink. The whole Philistine garrison was there. One of the mighty men looked at this whole Philistine garrison 
broke through the Philistine. Every day broke through, doesn't mean he does. He fought, killed people, went to the garrison, went to the well, fetched water, and brought it to his master. Master said, No, I can't drink such water. This is too much for me. He has shown a seed of loyalty and he was reaping the seed of loyalty. I pray that you will reap, you will sow good seeds so that you will reap good seeds later. If you sow the seed, you reap, you, you reap the seed. If you sow dishonesty, you will, people will be dishonest to you. And when it is coming, it is going to come more than what you sow. So be careful. The last point, we must note that our actions and the seeds we are sowing now affect the people around us. As I said, most of you are results of seeds that were sown by your parents. The decisions they took, their actions and their inactions. That is why you must be circumspect and every decision you take must be under the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. There are things that may look very insignificant now. Somebody did some research into the lives of two people. One of them was an atheist, and the other one was a Christian, Jonathan Edwards. I'm, I'm sure those of you who read our revivals, you know Jonathan Edwards. He wrote one of the most powerful sermons ever preached, that is sinners in the hands of an angry God. The person did research into their generations, the people they produced their descendants. Jonathan Edwards was a Christian, married to a Christian, and this man called Mamjus was an atheist, married to an atheist. So they looked at their generations after them. They realized that Mamjus' generation, half of the women were prostitutes. A good number of them were thieves. A good number of them were armed robbers. A good number of them were murderers. Many of them were in jail. There were people who were a problem to society. On the other hand, when he looked at Jonathan Edwards, these were two people who lived around the same time. When he looked at the, at the descendants of Jonathan Edwards, they produced, there were about 60 doctors, there were about 30 professors, there were about 80 judges, there were senators, and they even produced a vice president of the United States of America. Look at the descendants. The generations after that, it was just a result of decisions they made. You see, when you have godly genes, don't mix them up with the genes of that of an Amalekite. Hallelujah. And this one I'm speaking to the ladies. Be not unequally joked together with unbelievers. If it's a non-believer, it is a no-go area. Hallelujah. Nothing I'm going to pray about it. Are you a believer? Oh, this is, this is a, we finish there. Because generations after you will suffer. Look, especially when you are an anointed person, the decisions you take now are serious. Look at Abraham. One moment of indiscretion, he took advice from his wife that, hey, let me let Hagar come to sleep with her, let her deliver her. After now, we are suffering from the consequences of that hasty decision. Anytime you see Israel on the news, anytime you hear the Middle East, anytime you hear Hamas, anytime you hear Al Qaeda, Jama Islamia, anytime you hear Boko Haram, Think about Father Abraham. This man is called Abraham, but it's not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Think about Father Abraham. One moment of indiscretion. When you have the Spirit of God on your life, your decisions affect descendants, generations. So you must be careful. Say, oh, 
Is he a believer? Oh, he is converting coming. Or to Sabbath. Wait, let him convert fully, then you bring him to church. Hallelujah. Some people decide that they are the Holy Ghost. So they, they will convert people. But you see, if I'm standing here, I'm up here. And I'm come. Let's demonstrate. Try and pull me. You realize it will be easier for me to come to his level than for me to pull him with all his weights and everything. <laughs> it will be easier for me to come down to his level than for me to come up. That is how it is. Unbelievers are down there. We are placed upon a hill and we cannot be hidden. Hallelujah. So you are trying to pull somebody who is down there and the person down there is trying to pull you. Gravity is on the person's side. You are more likely to fall than he is likely to come. So stay away from unbelievers. Hallelujah. If there's a lady around you tell her, stay away from unbelievers. Stay away from unbelievers. Stay away from unbelievers. No matter how sweet their words are, stay away from them. You know, there are some people they are anointed with Bible. Solomonic anointing. The Solomonic anointing is not just, yeah, you are receiving it. Eh? <laughs> the Solomonic anointing is not just for riches. If a man can woo 1,000 women, how many days are there in the month in a year? 365. That means you, he will come to each of you once in three years, but they were happy to be there. Go and read the vibes in Songs of Solomon. Those of you who don't have vibes, learn straight from vibes and go and release it. The anointing will fall upon the person. Amen. So, what David had to scheme and kill to get, which is a woman, he schemed and killed to get. Solomon just got 1,000 of them with two things vibes and swag. Just vibes and swag. So there are Amalekites out there, if you joke with them, the time you realize, even your Bible, you want to throw it away. I was counting one day, he was like, this gentleman, he is a Satan in my life. He's a Satan. Any time she gets a voice on the phone, she just gets confused. Even if she wants to go to church, she wants to <laughs> return back home. Some of you have to put in your life. Me, I tell people, don't delete their numbers. Keep their numbers because if you delete it, if you call, you know it's him. And the likelihood that you call him again is hello. <laughs> very, very high. The hello alone, it will chill your brains. And your brains will stop working momentarily. I know they know how to chill brains. I tell them, don't delete the numbers. Keep them or change the number into something like danger with 10 exclamation marks in there. Some of them give them a unique ringtone. Once they start calling, you know, I've got my mind made up and I won't get back because I want to see. <laughs> Somebody was receiving a call by me and I saw the ring that came. The name was avoid, 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 avoid. <laughs> you don't know how somebody has called your name. <laughs> you are here laughing. You don't know. True color will reveal it. One day I was going to preach at one of the churches in Kolebu, and the secretary 
She calls me with her personal line. I didn't have a number. Do you know the, the name that came up? Latest Cash. <laughs> what it means is that somebody has sold her name as Latest Cash. It's only an Amalekite who will sell your name as a Latest Cash. So you don't know how somebody has sold your name. Somebody has sold you Kakai. <laughs> but I pray that you so good things in your life. Because the children that are in you that are unborn must reap of the good seeds that you are sowing. And I pray that the Lord will order your steps in every decision you make. I pray that if you have a problem with being too spontaneous, may the Lord heal you of that disease. Amen. Because spontaneity, that, that's a um, pathologic spontaneity. It comes from the spirit of anxiety. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. Anxious people take hasty decisions, and it affects everybody around them, but that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Shall we stand to our feet?